Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Hey, we're thinking of you all this yes. morning. So good to see you. If you're not able to see your mum today, then we're thinking of you. And if you're a mum that isn't able to be with your kids today, then we're thinking of you as well. We're praying for the comfort of the Holy Spirit to be with you today. But thank the Lord for modern technology. Yeah. Hey, so, so true. We, so can, we can Skype, we can call, we can Zoom, we can FaceTime. So that's amazing. Yes. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> so, I just realised yeah. I didn't bring anything with me. My oh. book and all that is over there. Over there on the couch. Yes. Someone's <laughs> going to grab it for me. So, yeah, we, we thought we would talk about a couple of mums in Scripture this oh, morning. Oh, yes. A couple of amazing mums. We're going to have a look at Luke chapter 1. If you, Ooh, grab your if you Bibles. want to find that in your, in your Bibles this morning, we're going to look at Mary and Elizabeth. Come on. And the amazing things that God did in these two mothers. Two amazing women who um, made an impact on history, made an impact on the world in Israel at the time, in Jerusalem, but made an impact that is still resonating to today. So, it's, yeah, it's a profound thing. Great story. Yeah. But it's not just a story. It's a great record of something that happened. Yeah, history. Yeah. So am I reading? You, you We're going to go read. Ahead. Has, has everyone got their Bibles? Open it up. Get your iPads out. Get your iPhones out. In the time of Herod. Verse 5. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, verse 5. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah and his wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were upright in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. But they had no children because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well along in years. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God, so he was actually in the temple serving in the Holy of Holies. He was actually ministering at that time. We'll talk about that in a moment. But he was chosen by lot, by by choosing, uh, casting lots, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time of burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. Then, get this, this is so cool. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. Isn't that amazing? Incense, altar of incense, which is that, that whole offering thing in the, and that sweet fragrance in the Holy Spirit. When Zechariah saw him, guess, guess what? He was like, hey! Hey, you do it. No, no. He was startled and he was gripped with fear. He was <laughs> gripped with fear. Like, I love that. Gripped. It's just like, ah. um, but the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. So he, he's actually talking on a personal level here. Mm. Your prayer has been heard. Um, your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and a delight to you. Wouldn't that be great to know, <laughs> be told that before a child turned up? It's like, this kid is going to, because when those sleepless nights first kick in, you know, when they're a little bit upset with coming, going from such a nice warm space inside their mummy, going home, you know, and it's like, it's all changed. Yeah. But he's going to be a joy and a delight in years to come. 
and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He's never to take wine or other fermented drinks, and he will be filled, get this, filled with the Holy Spirit even from birth. Many of the people of Israel will bring back, sorry, he will bring back to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And then Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well in years. And the angel answered, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you, oh, sorry, and now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words which will come true at their proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting outside for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. Because sometimes these guys, if they did the wrong thing or didn't purify him, they died. They had a rope attached to him so they could pull him back out. Um, when he came out, he could not speak to them. They had realised that he'd seen a vision in the, in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but he remained unable to speak. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife, Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. And she said, the Lord has done this for me. In these days, he has shown his favour and taken away my disgrace among the people. And that's the, um, the birth of John the Baptist or the mm. conception of John the Baptist. Then it goes on in verse 26. Keep going. Mm-hmm. Why not? Um, with the, the conception of Jesus. So it goes in, in the sixth month after uh, he visits Elizabeth, Gabriel turns up um, to Nazareth in the town of Galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph who was a descendant of David. You think this is just somebody filling in gaps here, but no, he's being very specific. Luke is t- keeping a record here of everything that transpired. Um, the virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favoured. The Lord is with you. And now Mary, it says, Mary was greatly troubled at this, uh, at, the, at his words, and wondered what kind of greeting or what kind of communication is this? But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. You will, be, you, you will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus He will be great and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. And Mary responded, how will this be since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who has who was said to be barren, sorry the terminology here, is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. May it be with me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Cool. What an incredible story. Like this is the beginning of the whole shift of everything yeah. as it had been to, to what it was potentially going to become. Mm. Yeah. 
You've got some thoughts? I, I don't yeah, so we just have... Just keep talking. Ooh, two two women here. here, two impossible situations. One woman was barren, so yes. unable to conceive. Totally. The other much younger woman was not yet married yes. and a virgin, so not able, able to, to conceive. conceive. So we have two miraculous situations here um, with very different implications because yes. um, we have Elizabeth saying, this is going to take away my disgrace. And we have Mary thinking, this is going to be the beginning of, the my, beginning disgrace of my disgrace wow. because I'm unmarried. Yeah. So uh, two very different implications for these women. And it goes on to say that, um, and at that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, yeah. um, where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. So as soon as Mary finds out that she's pregnant, she, she goes 100 miles away to, wow. to her cousin's yes. house. And we, we think, what a, what a beautiful story. She gets visited by an angel. She's going to have a baby. How lovely. But when, but when you think about the reality of the situation, she, she was betrothed to Joseph. Yep. So Mary's family and Joseph's family had entered into an a agreement, contract. a legally yeah. binding yeah, agreement. Um, the bride price had been paid yep. from you know, one family to another. From Joseph's. Joseph's family to, to Mary's, Mary's family. family. They had paid a dowry, yes. con a considerable amount, which solidified that legal agreement. And now we have this situation where in their eyes, Mary has now been unfaithful yes, to her totally. betrothed. So it wasn't uncommon in these situations um, for there to be honour killings. Oh, yeah. Like, this is a really serious situation At, where Joseph's in the culture family, of the time, yeah, yeah, they were well within their rights to hunt Mary down and to kill her because stone of her, her, to stone her yeah. because of her breaking of that contract. Mm. So when the Bible says that she went to visit her cousin, that may have been her family's solution for getting her out of there mm. so that they could sort out yeah. this whole scenario and come to an agreement with Joseph's family. So It sort of makes sense. Yeah, it falls it in the line, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So very different implications for both of these women, but they both receive the news with joy. Yes. They, they both yes. say, you know, this is a good thing. God's doing an amazing thing. And despite what it's going to look like, we want God to do what he wants to do in us. Yeah. Isn't it amazing that the women both responded really well yeah. and the blokes didn't? It's very yeah. interesting <laughs> that that was the way. The guys were like, what? And, uh, well, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yes. So. It's interesting, though, in verse mm. 6, how it's, it, it points out both Zechariah and Elizabeth were upright in the sight of God, mm. observing all the Lord's commandments and regulations blamelessly. Yeah. They were in their old age and they were living model lives. They, they believed in the, the call that God had put out, what the, what the message was in the standard of living. And the standard of living isn't so, ah, you've got to obey these rules. No, no, it's, it's so that there's peace. It's so that we get along well. That's the whole plan for the actual plan for the law was to, to bring, um, you know, a standard of peace and order. Yeah. Um, the problem is we just, we're shocking at keeping the law, even speed limits. But both of these guys were upright in the sight of God. 
I've got no problems with speeding at the moment. I'm not in a hurry to get anywhere, anywhere. you know, like, (laughs) except here. Yeah. I just thought that was really good. What a great standard for us today. Yeah. As mums and dads, Mm. as young men and women, Mm. as kids, to, to take this standard, like, this began such an incredible blessing in their life by them submitting to the will of God, how God then was able to use them and to, to seed their lives with such an incredible promise and fulfillment of promise that had been that goes right back. The whole statement of he'll come in the spirit of Elijah, that goes way back to prophetic words so so much earlier, and there's somebody coming out of the wilderness. John the Baptist was prophesied for such a long time. But um, yeah, yeah. I just I, think that's really cool how keeper how we don't. It's not just for us. The impact can be generational, mm. and then not just it. It goes beyond generational to millennial. Yeah, the impact of their righteousness mm. affects us today. Yeah, their choice it. to follow God. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and that applies to anyone whose heart is anyone. to honor God. Totally. So. Whether you've made a decision to honour God yesterday or 10 years ago or you're a first-generation Christian or a second or a third, God is for you. You know, mm. I, was, I was thinking that when we were singing that song this morning to a thousand generations, yes. to your children that's and your children's promise. children, that's his promise for you. And, mm. and don't let the enemy tell you that you're not worthy of that. That's it. Because if your heart is for God and if you've given your life to him, then Come you on. are favoured by Come him. On. And his favour is upon you, you. and his blessing is upon you, and he is for you. And he's going to bless your children and your children's children. And, you know, when when the angel appeared to Zachariah and he said all these amazing things about (laughs) about his son, and he said to him, you are to name him John, and he's going to be a forerunner to the Messiah, and he's going to, you know, come in the spirit of Elijah, and he's going to do all these amazing things. And he revealed to John what his son was, was going to be like. And, yes. And uh, he revealed to Zachariah what his son was going to be like. And it was Zachariah's responsibility and privilege to name his son. Yes. And to prophesy over him all these things that the angel had revealed yeah, to him ma- about his son. Imagine if he grabbed hold of this. Yeah, yeah. And... While Elizabeth was pregnant, because I remember I used to talk to the kids when mm. they were in your tummy. Yeah. And I'd be like, hi, guys. <laughs> How you doing, beautiful? Um, imagine if he got to speak these things. Out. You will be a joy and a delight. Um, yeah. the, you know, many will rejoice when you finally turn up on the scene. Yeah. You know, you'll be great in the sight of the Lord. Imagine mm. speaking this out yeah. over his son yeah. before he's born. And that, that's our privilege as oh, parents. Oh, wow, yes. That, that we get to, to hear from God about what he has in store for mm. our kids. And that's our privilege as parents to be able to speak that over them yes. in the womb yes. and for the rest of their lives. Oh, come on. But it's really sad because of Zachariah's doubt. His doubt stole yeah. his voice. His, his disbelief stole his ability to then speak into the life of his son Mm. and it was meant to be his privilege and his wife's privilege to both do that but because of his doubt that prophetic voice where he was meant to speak so much goodness over his son it was shut shut down yeah you know and god reveals things to us about people about his plans for them 
you know, he reveals things to us about our children, but he also reveals things to us about other people that we can then speak over them. Mm. We can then prophesy over them. We can help them to see themselves as God sees them. But if, but if we allow doubt and disbelief to come in, yeah. then we're no longer partnering with, with what God says about them. We're mm. doubting it mm. and it steals that authority away from us. Yeah. It steals that, that voice away from us. And it's really sad that Zachariah didn't, didn't get to, to be that prophetic voice yeah. over his son. Well, on that, on that front with the two responses here, so I had a bit of a look into it, mm. and because Zechariah's response and and sorry and Mary's response were, you could but look at them because Zechariah said, "How can I be sure of this? I'm an old man." Mary said, "How will this be? Um, I'm I'm still a virgin." Mm. They sound pretty well the same, don't yeah. they? Like mm. he gets shut down and she gets honoured. Like, so what's the difference? Well, it's interesting. It's not what they asked, it's how they asked. When Zechariah asks how, that word how that he uses is actually, um, it's almost an offensive, oppositional, well, how? You know, like, come on. It, it, it comes in this negative perspective immediately, like, how can I? So his focus is totally on himself at this point. How can I be sure of this? When you look at the fullness of what that says, how can I be sure of this in the, um, in the Greek, what he's actually saying is like, how in the world, this is the attitude it almost comes out with, how in the world is this going to be proved to me so that I know it well enough to speak of it to somebody else? Isn't that profound? How will I know how will I be sure of this? Is actually saying, how am I going to know this enough and reason this enough that I can then speak this to other people and relate this? So the angel says, you're going to be quiet because your speaking isn't on the right front here. Whereas when, um, when Mary responded, her how is a totally different how. How, how? Brown cow. No, how? Maybe it was a brown cow with a dowry. <laughs> Could have been several brown cows. It would have probably been sheep. a bunch, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah, a bunch of cows. Isn't that the collective now? <laughs> it's a herd of cows. Yeah. Of course I've heard of cows. <laughs> they go moo. How is an inquisitive um, perspective. It, it actually has that, um, when they use it in the, as a, like a reference point, the word how actually comes with how much. So it's almost like, what price do I have to pay for, and for this to be? Now, the word be there is mean, what price do I have to pay to see this outwork, to see this plan? It actually has like the journey. It's a sojourn in there. So the word, what she's asking is, what price do I have to pay to make this happen, to, make, to start this ball rolling so this journey ends up where it needs to end up? amazingly different perspectives and the angel's response to that wasn't because of what they asked, but the heart behind it. Mm. So um, I just thought that was really interesting because it, it just caught my curiosity. Yeah. When they both said how, mm. they, they come out totally different. But when you look at it, you just see, wow, God is the discerner of our hearts. Yeah. He knows what our hearts are, even yeah. if we disguise it with our words. Mm. Well, they didn't because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So they yeah. both asked the question, and they both got their, 
their responses. Yeah. Mm. Sorry, that, that was my point. No, that's good. Is that all right? I like that. <laughs> <laughs> I like your point. Another another <laughs> thing that stood out to me was, um, you know, we're never too old and we're never too young to be part mm. of what God is doing yeah. at the moment because yeah. we have Elizabeth who. Oh, Zachariah says, you know, we're well advanced in years. Well so advanced. I assume they would have been well past childbearing age, possibly, you know, at least in their 60s, if not their 70s. So, if not more. But God yeah. still included them in what he was doing Definitely. in that time. And then we have Mary who was possibly 14. You know, the common yeah. age back then to be betrothed was 12 to 14. Wow. So she was a young teenager. But we're scary. never, you know, we're never too young and we're never too old. And when God moves, it's not, not just in one generation, it's multi-generational. Mm. Yep. So, yes. you know, um, he, was, he did something amazing in both these women's lives. And it, it wasn't just restricted to one generation. And I, I just think that's amazing. That's awesome. How God moves. And how God sees. Mm. Like the Lord has heard your prayer yeah. You know, blessed are you. You are, you know, God's, God's seeing you. Mm. That's how he, he sees us all. These two were very special. Yeah. They were in the right place mm. at the right time. Mm. But what's to say that we aren't in the right place at the right time mm -hmm. for something profound to happen yeah. if our hearts are in the right place, yeah. if we're listening, mm -hmm. if we're here? And there's more to say on this. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to cut across you because I've got a really good one. <laughs> You can you can go ahead with your good one, but or you're right saving it end. for later. All right, it's right at the end. All right. So there's one more there's one more thing that stood out to me while your good really good one is brewing, oh. <laughs> and that is um, it's percolating. Yeah. Yep. If like you just said, if we're always ready to receive what God has yes. for us, yes. You know, because that that was the posture of Mary's heart. That yep. was the posture of Elizabeth's heart. They were immediate immediately ready to receive mm. and conceive mm. of what God oh. wanted them to carry Dang, and what God wanted good, them to give yes. birth to. And, and that doesn't just apply to women. No. That applies to men and women we to be ready birth. to receive, to be ready to conceive, to carry what God wants to do in us, mm. no matter what, what it's going to look like, no matter what the price, no matter whether it's going to bring us favour you know, like mm. it did with Elizabeth, or whether it's going to cause people to look sideways at us like it did with Mary. You know, just to be ready to receive, to conceive, to so carry good. whatever God wants to do in yeah. you. And then, you know, he can do amazing things in all of us if that's the posture of our heart. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and also, I just want to add to that, to be also ready to receive what God wants you to prophesy over others yeah. and what he wants you to speak over your children because mm. that's the responsibility of mothers and fathers, yep. not just natural mothers and fathers but spiritual mothers and fathers. Mm. So, And it's in the presence of God that we get that revelation so because Zachariah oh, was in so the presence true. of God yep, he was. when the angel spoke to him about his son. So when we get in the presence of God and we say, Holy Spirit, speak to me and show me about what is in, on someone's life so that I can encourage them, so that I can prophesy mm. over them, so that I can speak into their life. Yeah. And it's in his presence that he will show us the purpose that he has for our children. 
and our children's children. And then we can start speaking it and declaring it over them. When you know, at every opportunity, we can say, "Hey, this is what I see in you. Mm. This is what God has shown me about you. This is these are the gifts that God has given you, and it's for this reason." And that can make such an amazing difference. That's in a really someone's generous life. spirit, though, that does that, isn't it? Yeah. Like I'm, it's, it it's not a small thing to do that. Mm. It's actually a very generous thing because it'd be a lot easier just to not have to seek, not have to look and and then get but if you want to if you've got that burning inside you Mm. to speak into other people's lives then it actually tells you to to eagerly desire that gift it's one of the gifts of the holy spirit so eagerly desire Mm. that gift but that's coming from a really generous spirit Mm. same with you know like encouragement comes from a generous spirit yeah um it doesn't take you know a dumb monkey to realize that you know point out the bad things but to actually find the gold Mm. in the mud Mm -hmm. to find the the gold in the in the rock is is like that takes an expert and that takes some skills and sometimes we need some tools in life since you were talking on that seeking god Mm -hmm. can i can i do my point it's right around the thing please (laughs) i'm waiting (laughs) i already told you what it is so you're not going to be surprised so um in verse 37 you know when uh, when because we quote this all the time. Like, this is something in church we quote all the time. Mm. I've quoted this when I've done some silly things. I've quoted this holding on to the... <laughs> Don't look so shocked. She just went like, silly things? Like, what? <laughs> Was that a shot? No. For nothing is impossible with God. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think I've said that when I've jumped off a cliff or something going, nah, don't worry about it. God's with me and nothing is impossible with God, so I'll survive. That's not what that actually means. Like a, the, In the fullness of that statement, what Gabriel was saying to Mary at the time, um, I, I think my old Bible here is an NIV. It is too, yeah, yeah. it's an NIV. So that, that was the translation, the best translation that we could... Um, that they came up with, but nothing is impossible with God. But the, the real phrasing of it is actually what he says in this point is that no word from God will ever fail. That's what the angel said to That's Mary. That's what the angel said to Mary was, um, even Elizabeth, your relative, who's going to have a child in her old age, she's, she's now six months, for no word from God will ever fail. And that word word there actually is rhema. So it's a now word from God. Mm. So it's a fresh word. And the great thing about the rhema word of God, which is a now word of God, you can get it from an old logos word of God, which is an old written word of God. You can get a fresh rhema word, which is that Holy Spirit speaking. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I had a... um, a friend who, sorry, I, I mentioned how I had a Bible that needed repairing. And someone contacted me and said, hey, I've got a friend that, oh, well, it's actually a relative of theirs that can repair Bibles. Guess what? You already know this, but we didn't know how old our Bible was. And when I took it to this guy, he repaired it and um, he did a great job of it too. And astounding, like how he brought it all back together and he had to coat the old pages with like um, Japanese rice paper. On both sides. It was just intriguing. I wish I could have stayed and watched him, but he said, Get home, go away from me. So I wasn't allowed to watch him. Yeah, he didn't want to show me his secrets, even though 
I was the last book that he ever bound, he reckons. So, um, but he, he, there's no cover page in it. But when we went looking through this Bible, we found that the New Testament was printed in 1793 and the Psalms 8-day update was printed in 1795. So this Bible is 220-plus years old. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Anyway, getting back to this. So he, he rang me up and told me about it, um, the, the Bible and all that. I thanked him for it. And he, he said his, one of his sons came to him and said, Dad, with all this stuff going wrong at the moment, is this it? Is, is this the beginning of the end? Because he's not the only one that's asking this question. A lot of other people are asking too, where are we on the time clock? You know, where are we? Is, is this the beginning of the end? Is this the end? And he didn't have an answer for his son. And he said, he used the words to me, he says, well, Joseph and Daniel, when they needed to interpret the times, when they needed to find out what God was doing, what did they do? They went and sought God and got a word from God and then responded on that word. So he said, I can do that. So he went in and he said, oh, he's having so much fun going through Revelation and just putting it all into like a spreadsheet so he can work out when's what and how. And, you know, still we, we still won't know the day or the hour, will we? But we'll know the seasons it talks about. So at the moment, if, you, if you're just saying, oh, nothing's impossible for God, nothing's impossible, and you've got a mantra, a chant in your life where you're saying nothing's impossible for God, what are you standing on? Are you standing on it because it's your hope? Or have you got a now word from God? Have you sought God for what you need an answer for? Have you got a question in your life or a deficit in your life you need an answer for? And you're just going, nothing's impossible for God. But you need to actually, we need to seek God for that. Get a rhema word because when you get a rhema word, you can stand on that word. And that can be that the, the driving force that gives you momentum to actually break through some barriers and, and break through some, um, some issues or whatever they may be, restrictions in your life, containment. So he didn't just say nothing's impossible for God and just leave it as a blasé statement. He actually said no now word, no rhema word of God will ever fail. You can hold on to it. Um, so good. Yes. Sorry, that was my point. I love it. Oh, thank you. It wasn't mine. I just got it. I love it. Can I just finish with one more thought? Please. Got time for one more how, thought. How are we going on time? Lily, you're doing we're a almost, great job back we're there. We're almost done. Up there, I should say. I was, I was just thinking about the whole thing of naming our children. Ooh, yeah. You know, Zachariah was, was told t- what to name John. Mm. Mary was told what to name Jesus. Salvation. You know, Savior. and sometimes our, our children or people in our lives have been given names that they shouldn't have been given. Mm. And as mo- mothers and fathers or spiritual mothers and fathers, it can be our responsibility to rename them or to remind them of who they really are. Yeah. You know, uh, because maybe through circumstances they've been given a name or they've been labelled with something that they shouldn't be carrying. Mm. Um, And I'm reminded of Jacob, you know, when his last son was born, um, when Rachel was giving birth and and she died in childbirth and she was giving birth to their 12th son. And because of her circumstances, 
and her situation, she named him Ben-Oni, which yeah. means son of my sorrow, yeah. because she was dying when she gave birth to him. And, and it was a sad circumstance for yeah. her. But when the midwife took the son to Jacob and said, well, he was Israel then, yeah. because he'd also been renamed. When she took him his son and she put his son in Jacob's arms, Israel's arms, and said, this is your son, but I've got really sad news for you. Rachel has died in childbirth. Mm. And she called him Ben-Oni, son of my sorrow. And he took his son and he said, no, I'm not going to call him that. Yeah. I'm going to call him Benjamin, son of my right hand, yeah. because that's who he is. Mm. And I'm not going to let him go through life with a name, you know, yeah. that is something that's out of his control. Mm. It was something that wasn't his fault. I'm going to call him the son of my right yeah. hand. And yeah, and sometimes as mothers or fathers, we need to remind people who they really are. Yeah. We need to rename them and remind them of how God sees them. Yeah. And yeah, yeah I think that's really important. See, I'm reminded of that in Revelation where it says, you know, the, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Mm. Um, see, they didn't know who Jesus was back, mm. back then. Yeah. They, we know him by name. They just mm. knew him by, by faith mm. that the Messiah was coming. And we know him now as Jesus. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that perspective of, of God's perspective mm. in, in everything yeah. is, is good. And even in the sorrow of that moment, because Rachel was his love, mm. you know, Jacob's love, mm. even in the sorrow of that moment, he was able to bring because out of his heart was that corrective love and grace. He didn't want to dishonor his, his wife by saying, no, I'm taking away the name she gave. But he wanted to speak into the future of that. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes it, it, it might be a tough time and a, a painful time, but to continually have that testimony of Jesus, of that, you know, you said before, you know, if you're ready to receive, yeah. you can conceive. Yeah. And, um, and that Jesus said, if you hunger and thirst, those that hunger and thirst are blessed because they will be filled. You, you, gotta, you, you can't be full and then get filled. You've you got to actually have, be hungry, be hungry yeah. and be thirsty yeah. and, and, and wanting more yeah. um, and hungering, desiring after something to, to really to be filled with it. Yeah. And as we know, there's nothing on the planet that can fully satisfy a human being because we just get sick of things after a while and then go after the next. <laughs> Apart from God. Yeah. I love that. They were really good thoughts. Did anyone else enjoy those this morning? I, I just love working our way through that. Happy Mother's Day again. Yeah. Um, hey, on that, thank you to our rec team and also our chosen team who uh, set out packs through the week. They did a whole heap of work and sent packs out to, to kids and to youth around the region. We got some photos back saying thank you, thank you. Our kids loved them. So that's awesome. If we missed you out, it's, I'm sorry, it's because you're not on the database and you need to be on the database so that we can chase you all up because I can't remember everyone. I'm getting old now. I'm advanced in years. I get my memory. My memory better go. We can. Sorry. <laughs> uh, we can pray. What are we going to pray for? Well, definitely. Yeah, definitely. The whole team here are going to be praying with us. 
um, as we pray with you and for you. And if you don't know Jesus, or as we were just talking about that, um, then yeah, I don't know where, where everyone's at, but I, I just want to give you an encouragement. This isn't our message. This isn't our faith. This is just the message that we heard and we've believed and we're now following Jesus and his, his attitudes and, and, mo- and like studying his teachings and, and his behavior and how he responded to things. And it, it actually, following Jesus, the teachings of Jesus is just such a profound thing because it changes your whole life. Um, it changes your perspective on life. It changes your potential in life. And we don't do it for just what we can get, but we, I, I want to encourage you to be all that you can be is to really, you need to know who the Father is. And the only way you get to know who the Father is, is by finding Jesus. And Jesus has made himself so available to us. All you need to do is call on his name. So if, if you need to reconnect with the Father, if you need to um, make a reconnection and, and touch base with that again, or do it for the first time, it's so, it's so easy. And I'm just going to start off by just leading us in a, a small prayer. It's, and it's simple. It's not, the, it's not the only conversation you need to have with God. It's not the only conversation you need to have with Jesus, but it's a great place to start. So I'm just going to join hands with my wife and we're just going to pray. And then I'm going to pray for all the families and marriages and households and individuals that are, that are watching us at the moment. Okay. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you so much for Jesus. Jesus, thank you for being obedient and fulfilling the the will of the Father. Thank you for finishing the job and accomplishing everything that needed to be done and the victory is now won through you. If you need to get right with the Father right now, all you need to do is just just repeat these words and we're going to repeat it here. We're going to get the team to do it as well so you're not alone. Dear Heavenly Father, Please forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for when I've missed the mark. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. Father, I just thank you for everybody right now that has made that statement. Lord, I thank you for the rejoicing rejoicing that's going on in heaven. But Father, I thank you for your Holy Spirit that's now available to absolutely just envelop each life, each household, each family, each marriage with your Holy Spirit of comfort, your Holy Spirit of revelation of truth, your Holy Spirit of peace. I love it in your word, Father, where you said, and he has given us his Holy Spirit, the witness of your Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you for the witness of your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, just right now, for those that are in the the hearing of my voice, I just ask right now that you would just surround them with the presence of our loving Daddy God, that you would reveal fully who Jesus is, that you would open up a way that each of us would know who the Father is, know who we are, and understand what His plan for our life is.
Father, I thank you for each life, for each family, for each marriage, for each individual. And the listening of my voice right now, I thank you, Father, that they would lack nothing during this time. That your generous spirit will just pour out blessing, favor, direction. Now I'm just getting the word redirection in life. Redirection. Thank you, Father, when you redirect us. When you save us time, you save us pain, you save us heartache. Father, I thank you for the redirections of your Holy Spirit right now. We agree on this, Father. We just thank you also for our nation, Australia. The nation that we're a part of, the nation that we live in. Father, thank you for the leading in our governments, leading in the federal and the state governments. Father, I thank you for wisdom. And Lord, I thank you for for guidance and inspiration, supernatural inspiration in how to deal with, with these issues and going forward. Father, I thank you for what you have in store for us, for what you do is only good. You're a good dad and you only have good plans and good desires and a good heart for each one of us. You are for us. You are for us. You are for us. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about services or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.